right, welcome back to the latest and the greatest of the Blues Brothers Sportscast. Real talk, real fan. We bring you Michigan football each and every week. I'm Caleb, and with me as always is Craig. Uh, well, as always, Craig's back. Yeah. He's taking a little bit of time off, so it's good to uh, have him back around. Uh, having a little tough time with the shoulder, but gl- glad to see he's back up yeah. at him. Thank you for the kind words, my friend. Yeah, it was a tough week. You know, didn't get much sleep, didn't feel very good. So, and I wouldn't be my chipper self. You know, the things that the fans miss. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's it's the brothers, man. It's not the brother single. Brother. So, <laughs> so they were missing out on it. It's good to have you back. Actually, uh, Craig and I were at the game, uh, the Indiana game, weren't uh, sitting in the same sections because I know that you went with uh, some of your family, but... Uh, it was a pretty cold one, man. Yeah. I can't believe we actually – you know what? This is what's so bizarre, and I think it, what really – it either pisses Michigan people off or it just doesn't, and it's just people going, that's Michigan for you, is how incredible the day before was, and then <laughs> this god-awful day. And that just that's just blatant Michigan, and you wonder why Michigan people are, are cranky and we have colds, and we don't feel good. <laughs> it's this kind of stuff right here, man. I'm telling you, what day and night that was. Thursday, beautiful. I mean, Friday, beautiful, and the Saturday, terrible. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was ridiculous. I, I totally blown away and uh, just how it wound up being a little bit of a snowball there at the end of the game and everything. So, yeah. Um, yeah. It was a game where I said this might be a game where – they might have to just run the ball the whole time. So it remind me a couple of games, you know, I think five years ago I went and saw a Northwestern game, but that was more rainy and just rain all the time. But, uh, and it, it didn't really rain. I mean, there was nothing really sticking. It was just kind of cold and it would sleet a little bit in the, in the beginning. And then obviously by the t- time the game ended at the fourth quarter, just, you know, the snow hit and, and, and that's why you get all those really cool pictures. I have to admit, those pictures were really cool if you saw them. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. shared some of them. Yep. And uh, it was definitely an interesting experience. That was the coolest game I've been to. Oh, yeah. Um, and I was uh, freezing my tail off because uh, out there repping the Blue Brothers shirt. And so I had a T-shirt, a thermal, a long sleeve shirt, a hoodie, a second hoodie, and then the Blue Brothers shirt on the outside to do a little advertising at the game and uh i had gloves and it was still pretty bitter so yeah you i don't think you could put your arms down i think <laughs> clothing on your arms were like up in the air you look like it was like you know flexing but you weren't you just couldn't put your arms down yeah what was uh christmas story yeah exactly yeah <laughs> we just got so many layers but you know this is so weird this is just i can't believe it. this is that this is the first game where all my kids were able to go my wife was able to go. My brother, my two brothers, and their and uh, my br- older brother and his wife was able to go. His wife went for the first time. My wife went f- for the first time, and my middle son and my youngest son went there for the first time. And my mom and I went. What a game to pick to go! Oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> they probably never want to go again. So yeah. Well, thankfully it was uh, like you said, it was cold, but didn't get wet. Right. That was the thing that I was re- really uh, fearful of on my way down because it was a little bit wet when I was getting uh, on the highway coming south. Uh, but then it never really got that bad. But, it was a lot uh, colder than people thought. I mean, yes. 
I was tweeting that out. I said it is much colder than you think it is. So, yeah. But. Yeah. Well, uh, a couple of things I want to mention real quick before we uh, go on into the football talk. And that is, uh, I always mean to mention at the beginning, but the Blue Network Everything Michigan Football. If you haven't checked it out, you need to check it out. You need to be a part of that group. Um, that's where you will see and uh, hear first and foremost from us and the Blueprint and anything else related with the uh, Blue Network. But I also wanted to mention, and I'll also uh, remember to mention at the end, hopefully, this is Ohio State Week. We're, we're reviewing the Indiana game, but this is Ohio State Week. There's a few days this week where you can call and you can leave us voicemails. I want, uh, I'm hoping for and I'm wanting to... Uh, get people motivated to give us some voicemails because it's the Ohio State game. I'm pushing it for the Michigan State game. I'm pushing it for the Ohio State game. So you guys need to uh, give us a call and leave us a voicemail for um, for the Ohio State week. Just uh, share thoughts, share what your predictions are, what, whatever you want. You can call and uh, leave us a voicemail. And the number is 551 551- Two five eight three two seven six. Easy way to remember is five five one blue bro. So uh, yep, uh, and that does it for the intro. We'll go ahead and uh, jump right into the heated things and get going with the. Whoa, there I am, all rusty and everything. We'll don't, get into the football. Don't jump time. ahead, man. Hey, I'm cutting you off. We're doing a transition here. Transition. <laughs> Uh, I forgot where the volume was on that one, so that was my bad if I hurt anybody's eardrums with that. So, uh, I was have we were actually having technical difficulties as we were getting set up for some reason. I I tore everything down so that we could take everything down for the Indiana game and maybe do some recording, which didn't, unfortunately didn't wind up happening. But uh, we, I had to set it back up, and it took me a little while to remember. It's a little tricky now that since we have this soundboard, remembering how to set it, everything up correctly. So I was a little flustered. But then um, I guess something that I'll mention now real quick. I think we've got time in this episode um, before breaking down the game exactly. Something that we'll be looking for next year. And if anyone wants to help us, we would uh, love if uh, somebody would share information with us. I have a lead or two about where we could maybe set up permanent location for home games next year for like a little little bit of a tailgate kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But we're looking for a location as close as possible to the stadium that we could get set up for the Blue Network so uh, the Blueprint, the Blue Brothers, and anything else going on can have a set location. You guys can find us each and every week, and we can do uh, some broadcast stuff there. So if anybody knows of anything, shoot us an email. Send us a tweet. We'd be interested in hearing about that. So, but yeah. that's enough. Yeah, because the Blue Network's growing. We got thousands of people part of that Blue Network, and I'm sure they'd like to know where we're at, and you know, give get them on the show and talk, and you know, their fans, and you know, if we're in one location, that's pretty cool. So, it's a good idea. Yeah, for sure. So uh, now, now to get into the game stuff. So, through all that and the technical difficulties. Uh, Michigan did wind up with the win on uh, senior day at Michigan Stadium with the final score of 20-10 to 10 against the Indiana Hoosiers. It was a rough game on uh, a lot of different facets. 
Um, some of them understandable, some of them uh, not so understandable, but a uh, lot to take away from the game. And I, I'll go ahead and hand it to you, Craig, and give you the choice. Do you want to start off with the good or the not so good from this game? Oh, huh. That's a tough one. I'll start off. Let me start off with the good. Cause you know, there's, I don't want to say there's some bad, you know, just more of, there's some concerns and there's, and that is, you know, nothing new from, for the, you know, E of M fans, but let's start off with the good that, um, this was the best game that Devion Smith, uh, being a senior ran in his whole uh, entire time at Michigan. Uh, he he balled, man. He he was the running back that plowed over uh, Indiana um, uh, tacklers, and he just did his best, man. And he just ran his lights out. He had 158 yards uh, running, and he fin- you know it's a career high for him. And he literally shaked off uh, Indiana players for the win, and he just balled out. And I have to give it up for him, man. He almost, in a way, willed this team to win. Uh, if it wasn't for him, we more than likely probably would have lost this game, just given the way it was going. So I have to give it up for Devion Smith. He just did great. He, uh, In a way, I had a hard time figuring out who was running the ball because of his uh, athleticism and his missing the, a lot of the tacklers, um, some of the pivot uh points where he had uh, uh breaking arm tackles and just getting that ball in and he literally looked like he's came to ball and i absolutely what a way for him to go out and uh, michigan fans are really appreciative of him running so hard and just literally giving it his all so yeah him. and oh and also you know and i want to you know we'll talk about this more as we go on but also i have to give it up to the special teams did great job block punt great uh, that was huge uh, for us. For us, um, I have to give it to even to Allen. Allen did great, man. Bad weather hit the key uh, field goals to keep us in the game. Um, here's a guy in the beginning of the season just couldn't hit a 40-yard, even a 25-yard field goal in nice weather, and here he is hitting field goals in the worst weather, swirling winds, terrible uh sleet and snow hitting everywhere on that field and flying around and you didn't know which way the wind was going and he he just balled out too and i'm just couldn't have come at a better time for alan and you know we're gonna miss him to another senior and he did great so and you know those are my big highlights of the game so yeah well for sure like you were talking about with smith this was smith's game he as other people have said, and I mean, nobody can deny that he put the team on his back and he got it done. And uh, as far as, you know, how I don't want to say unreliable, but the ups and downs that Allen went through. Yeah. It's amazing to see that he is one of the more dependable elements of the offense right now, which is great because we need that. And uh, it definitely came into play with this game. Uh, something that I will mention that is impressive to see, um, average uh, rushing yards allowed by Indiana through their 11 games is uh, just over 162 yards. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's average through their uh, 11 games. De- Devion Smith almost got that by himself. <laughs> and so that just shows you how much of an accomplishment that is because, yes, most of the time we don't talk about Indiana and their defense, but they were a different team this year. They really stepped it up. 
and they did uh he did a really good job attacking that defense and uh just had himself uh his his way with them basically uh i mean sure he didn't put up a ton of points but i mean when the team needed him he got it done and he had uh i can think of offhand three big runs uh two of them touchdown runs and uh he just did a fantastic job yeah and you're right and i mean I think the knock on Devion is the very fact is, you know, he's very, you don't, you're not exactly sure what you're going to get game to game. And that's why a lot of people always go, you know, Higgins will get the ball. Well, let's put in Evans, you know, and that's why I always say, give it to your hot hand at the game, you know, and that's why within it, it, the Iowa game, let's go back to the Iowa game. He, he, Devion wasn't the man to have the ball that game. You know, he only, he had 12 carries. He only had 28 yards rushing. That's just not, that's not Devion Smith kind of running. And so he didn't have the hot hand, you know, I would have gave it to Evans, but then in this game, I mean, talk about night and day. And that's why a lot of people are just so, you know, sometimes get a little bit, antsy with our football team because we you know we don't have that running back that's consistent and you know we have four three to four running backs that somehow have the hot hand and some don't and I always think that you need to ride that person and I'm glad Harbaugh and I'm glad that um, uh, Drevno went with uh, Devion in that game I think they knew that uh, Indiana us team why the game was going was getting tired and you know obviously cold hands and the cold weather helped in Davion uh, just mowing over them pretty well so he did a great job yeah yeah and we've said that a lot where you'll just find different uh times and opportunities where different running backs do uh are having a better time uh with su- success on the field and the one that I've kind of been surprised with and I think I mentioned last time and uh I actually, I was sitting in the same section as uh, our friend Brandon, Craig and I, uh, that Craig and I know, and actually nobody was sitting next to him. So during the second half while I was there, I was sitting with him and we were talking about different things. But uh, Ty Isaac kind of, it's so weird because Ty Isaac has done a relatively good job. I feel like he had more, for the amount of time he was on the field in the Iowa game, he had more success Uh, But then he just kind of, like, they didn't put him back on the field. This time he had some uh, good success, but then he also had some times where he struggled. So I I understand a little bit more with this game. But it just seems interesting that there are certain times where he seems to be doing well, but then they he kind of, he doesn't wind up back on the field. I'm not sure exactly what the story is with that. but Yeah, you see him, him, uh, Jim Harbaugh, obviously using him in the red zone. You know, in those areas, I noticed him putting in uh, Isaac because he scores a little bit more in the uh, red zone at the ten yard line around that area. But uh, but but you're right. You know, maybe I'm not sure why they don't use him a little bit more than they do. But they definitely use him when that uh, when they get in the red zone area. So yeah, well, let's uh, try to go through some more of this uh, number crunching here. Uh, one thing that honestly, when I was watching the game, I was. Uh, we were talking about Smith, uh, the rushing game for Michigan, going to the rushing game for Indiana. I was um, kind of frustrated, and I honestly felt like Indiana was almost kind of walking over Michigan or at least running around Michigan. Uh, they they were seeing pretty good success on the outside. Um, like usual. Yeah, and I was getting quite frustrated. But honestly, looking at the stats afterwards, they they didn't have as much uh, success as I thought. I mean, they only put right. up 64 rushing yards total, 
uh, 50 of those rushing yards Redding. coming from Redding. Yeah, and yeah. he was the one who was just like, I mean, he carried the ball 22 times, and it was just like Redding, Redding, yeah. Redding. And it always seemed he was getting a lot. But, uh, I mean, really, honestly, you know, mm-hmm. 50 yards isn't all that much. So uh, the defense did take care of its own. Uh, the credit I will give the defense, and that was the thing, too, when I was watching it, I felt like it was a poor there were some poor defense performances, which there were. I mean, our defender fell down on one. There was another one where we had them pinned deep. Um, I think it was on the one-yard line. And, oh, who was it? Was it Stribling? Yeah. Some, somebody moved and, like, completely lost the receiver that they were defending. Yep. And they got five yards behind them, easy pass out, and they wound up getting, like, 10 or 15 yards so they weren't backed up in their end zone. Uh, so there were some definite things that broke down. But, I mean, in the end, we they held Indiana to 10 points, which this is a team that's been averaging over 25 points a game. But also, I mean, that's the least points that they've scored in a game this entire season. Uh, and their losses that they've had, they've scored 28 points, 17 points, 22, 14, 31 uh, and then we were the lone team to be able to hold them to 10 points or less. So, yeah. And you got, I mean, the very fact you're right. And Redding is the same running back that, you know, ran 108 yards and two touchdowns against, uh, you know, numbers against Penn state who, uh, is a pretty good team now. So, and you know, for Redding to do that, Indiana has got a good team. They got the suspect quarterback, but they got a really good rushing uh, offensive line. They got a good running back. And like you said, they score quite a bit. And for us to keep them the 10 yards or 10 uh, points is great. But that just tells you the special teams, not only in the field goal kicking, but just the punts. I don't, he, uh, Allen had punts, two of them, within uh, the five-yard line. Yeah. Two of them. That was huge for us because it's so difficult in that kind of weather to move that ball all the way down on us. And and those are two huge punts by Allen. And you got to give it to Allen. It's almost like you got to say Allen and Smith won this game for us. And that is who would think that Allen would be a guy that would probably won this game just by the way he hit the field goals and then pinned Indiana two times in the within the five yard line. So and that's that's great. So. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, talking a little bit more with the uh, rushing game, I mean, we have mentioned that we had uh, Michigan had 225 rushing yards, Indiana 64. Um, I mean, after Smith for Michigan, I mean, you've got a significant drop off to Evans, who had 39 rushing yards. Uh, Reading for Indiana had 50, and then their next, Rodriguez, had 17. So really two main uh, running backs there. Receiving game. Uh, this was definitely all Indiana. They wound up putting up uh, 191 yards. Leading receiver Westbrook with 78. And then uh, Ty Isaac was the leading receiver for Michigan. I mean, that toes, uh, shows you how yeah. messed up things were with the receiving game for Michigan. Um, and he had just one reception for 21 yards. We, there were only seven receptions for Michigan. And this was actually the game that ended the uh, – streak for Jake Butt because he was on a uh, at least a single catch per game streak. I think he was around 26 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Darbo had a long uh, streak as well. I think he was uh, above 30 and he got one reception for this game. So yeah, uh, receiving was definitely uh, a struggle for the team. Going on to the other side of that, then the uh, 
quarterbacks, not good performance by either uh, for either team, no. where uh, Lagow was 14 for 29, 191 yards. I mean, he did he did decent. His QBR was 43 and a half, though. Uh, but then John O'Corn coming in for the injured spate. People were feeling pretty good about it, but then honestly, after this game, there are lots of questions and concerns as he went seven for 16, uh, only throwing for 59 yards, uh, QBR of 28.6. Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> yeah, so I guess we can uh, discuss yeah. that for a little bit here. I mean, uh, well, you I, kind of break this. This game is tough to. I mean, well, this game is basically. You, and you collectively look at it, it's all based on two things happening. Good special teams, Devion Smith running. And then it's based on a few plays that broke, that held this game up, that broke the game open for us or hurt us, you know? So, and one of them was the very fact is we were actually that pass that you're talking about. Let's go back to that pass to Ty Isaac. Great pass. He, you know, it was off a flat, flat to your running back. Off the you know on his left hand side the short side, threw it. It was a great catch and let Isaac do the rest. In fact, he was on his way almost to a touchdown and then clearly a block in the back. I mean, for one of our players to clearly push a guy from the back, it, it's it was so obvious that that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Is those kind of uh, mental mistakes that's going to get you in trouble. And that really hurt us because that just totally took us back to where we were. And then just annulled that uh, drive that we actually probably would have went in for the touchdown. And that's just a drive killer right there. So, um, and yeah. then, and then you take a corn you want, you are you talking 59 yards and we'll get into a corn a little bit more here. Cause that's the hot, hot button in this whole, I think, whole uh, debate coming up with uh, playing Ohio State. But Acorn had uh, a couple plays that that broke the game open, you know, regardless. I mean, and those are the kind of things I'm talking about that maybe Spate could have done with Iowa, that if he needed to do one or two plays that broke the game open, he could have, and he didn't. Acorn did, and that was that uh, – you know that um, thirty-yard run of his in, yeah. on a third down—that was in, that's because a pocket collapsed and offensive line didn't block whatsoever. So he moved out, and obviously a corn's got wheels, and he did a great job and moved the down. But I'll also say a corn—it was part of corn and part bad tackling by Indiana. They had him dead to rights, and they missed him. And yeah. a corn had the. He's very elusive, and or he just pretty much bolted and did well breaking some of those little hand tackles, and did well, and that set up the Smith touchdown for you know a 34-yard uh, run uh, touchdown by uh, Smith. So that was a game breaker, and that was a great play, and that's what I'm talking about: key plays in this game. Yeah, and going back to uh, kind of what you're saying with that block in the back. For, well, first of all, it kind of surprised me because some people. <laughs> I can understand always rooting for the team and everything, but everybody messes up, and there were some people commenting on their shock that that was considered a block in the back. It was. <laughs> and it was so obvious. Was. That was one of the most obvious block in the back that you you will get. Oh, yeah. So I just had to put that in there. I found that a little comical. But <laughs> yep. penalties. You saw what you – well, the funny thing, you saw what I did. I, looked, I just went, oh, God, that was so obvious. Yeah, it was <laughs> – yep. 
<laughs> yeah. So, but then that brings up penalties, and that is a yeah. serious issue. It has been an issue for Michigan all season long, and with those things, it's going to hurt you, and it can um, cause you to lose games. Fortunately, in this situation, it, it didn't turn out that way, even with it just being a ten-point win. But in certain things, when you're riding a close game, it can cause you to lose a game. It can swing momentum for a game. We saw it last year. We've seen it certain instances this year uh, where it could have cost us, but fortunately it didn't. So that is a concern for me moving forward for sure. Um, to mention a couple other things I have here that uh, I forgot to mention while doing the number crunch, uh, Michigan – did the good job that they weren't able to do against Iowa in ball control and running down the clock when they needed to. And they were able to do that more, and they were able to keep Indiana from having the ball and getting the opportunity to score when it was crucial. In the end, Michigan had the ball for over 34 minutes, and Indiana had it just for over 25. Mm -hmm. So, you know, smart uh playing that way and everything a couple of things here real quick uh third down efficiency uh, indiana was five for 15 michigan was only three for 15 and uh indiana didn't go for fourth downs but michigan doing pretty impressive and actually getting three for four on fourth downs right so yeah being able to keep drives alive when they needed to and actually having some smarter plays on third downs but there were definitely still some questionable ones in there during the game. No, you're right. And um, it, like I said, O'Korn, um, to me, you know, just given the fact, you know, if I want to, you know, we, you and I are part of Twitter and we have a lot of, you know, people that are fans and people that are just, you know, mutual friends and we talk with and have good insight on the game and, you know, um, and obviously the whole thing is O'Corn's not spate, and, and he's not. Um, but uh, O'Corn, to me in this game, um, I'll I'll kind of give him the the game. The weather wasn't good. Obviously it was cold out. The winds were swirling quite a bit in that game. But I always look at quarterbacks like this, and that is if your other quarterback, your opponent quarterback, can throw the ball much better and do a better job of throwing it, then you have no excuse. So I look at it that way. If um, if uh, Legao can throw 191 yards and we can't even muster up over 60 yards in passing, then there's something wrong. And that's where I'm like, Corn is has had issues thrown. He looked timid. He looked... Uh, he looked... Um, anemic. In fact, he even looked at points where he looked kind of scared or he just didn't look like he wanted to even throw the ball four yards or three yards down the field. He looked like he wanted to do dump pass to his running backs. He never really did look past the 10 yard line. And the only pass that he did throw to Darbo, he overthrew him, you know, too. So, and, you know, and part of me wants to kind of blame Darbo on that uh, pass too, because Darbo actually slowed down on that run. He could have actually probably caught that, but uh, I'll give that to uh, Darbo as not can you know running through that pass. Um, but in this game, he he looked 
off. I mean, he looked, he just didn't know where he wanted to throw the ball. He looked where he scared on throwing it. He just didn't want to, he's either, he was throwing them way too hard. There's, there's certain balls that he was even throwing that, like you said, Jake, Butt throwing to him and he's just pulver. He's just beaming that ball. And I'm like, dude, this is cold weather, man. You, you know, even Butt can't even catch that ball. And you can see kind of this frustration on their, on their faces. And, and I'll just say O'Corn really looked struggled and looked like very timid in this game. And he looked like – it looked like this. It looked like there's a reason why Spate outperformed him in the game and why why Jim Harbaugh chose Spate. So let's just keep it at that. Well, somebody reminded me of something that I completely forgot about. And there was uh, one of those quarterback camps or whatever years ago. Yeah. Uh, Spate and O'Corn were at the same one, and O'Corn wound up winning the entire camp challenge. Mm-hmm. And so it's just kind of interesting to see how things progress. Um, whatever, side note with that. One thing that I will say, though, is while O'Corn was not helping Michigan a whole lot, it was good to see that he wasn't hurting Michigan. Right, right. Because yep. he did not do the turnovers. That was one thing that would have really crushed the team is if – he was just failing at all angles where he wasn't helping and he was actually hurting. So I will give him a little bit of credit for that because that's one thing that I've seen uh, good between him and Spate. And I mean, Rudock was great, but we all saw how he began his season, but that those are killers are the turnovers. So he did pretty well with that, but he definitely, you saw it where he was telegraphing his passes a lot. Mm-hmm. Like he was watching where he was going to throw it, and then he threw it. You saw some uh, disrupted that way. Uh, there was Block, some yeah. blacked, uh, down. batted down. Uh, so issues with that. So I think with, uh, just like you said, there it shows why Spate got the starting job over a corn. And I definitely agree with you. When the other team is able to throw the ball and you're not able to you know, kind of go up and do the same, that there are some definite issues. Um, and it's not just to say that's the weather. Um, I I didn't think it was going to turn out this way with O'Corn uh, for this game. I thought things were going to go better for him. Uh, but it... And the offensive line didn't help either. A lot of the, yeah. uh, the pocket broke down quite quickly on him, so he did have to run, and I get that. But then, you know, there's times where the pocket did hold up, and then and he wanted to run. <laughs> so, and that's what I mean is he's, you know, you get kind of like, uh, you know, you're kind of like a, you get scattered, you know, because you think every time you're going to hike the ball, the pocket's going to break down. So it seemed to me that every time he, you know, there was a hike ball, he was like nervous. To, like yeah. he wanted to run and then throw it and and not sit in the pocket. And <laughs> there's a couple of times I was so frustrated with him that I said, you know, I was, I was belting out. My wife just looked at me and like, wow, you really yelled at us. I go, you're going to have to step in the pocket and throw the ball a corn, you know, and not like run. It, it seemed like that seemed to be, he's defaulting back to his run first and then throw. And, you know, and it's, it, it works when it does, but then there's times where you're just going to have to, you know, maybe take a sack or whatever to get that throw or something. I don't know, but, but you, but you're right. I mean, the offensive line didn't help at all. So, yeah. Well, I'll be honest. I thought that he was going to default to running even more than he did. So I was happy to see that he didn't do it um, anymore. But 
there were definitely, as we saw things in the Iowa game, there were definitely some things in this game where I just was really kind of perplexed with some of the uh, play calls that they did. Yeah. Um, two of them were uh, one. Uh, I can name two here. One of them was uh, O'Corn faked a handoff and then he rolled and he rolled against, against his the, the, against his throwing um, arm. Yeah. So he he rolled back. How mm. I'm trying to I'm thinking of it from where I was on the field, but he, they were moving left to right. If you were watching the game, and mm-hmm. so he rolled towards his back shoulder towards the top of the screen so he like basically making it impossible for him to pass and i believe it was a first down right and so he's rolling the way that he's not going to be able to throw really at all yeah. and so he's running it and he barely got back to the line of scrimmage and i i was uh, i think it was even with brandon at that time and i just said you know i I really hate seeing that on the first down because you're putting yourself to put your, uh, you're setting yourself up to be put in a very bad position because if right. that play collapses, then you're going to put yourself further back. Mm-hmm. So you're not looking at second and 10, you're looking at, you know, possibly second and 15. We were fortunate enough to be second and 10. Uh, with something like that, if you gamble with that, I was just thinking that'd be better with, you know, maybe second and five. And then if you go back and you're, you know, within third and 10, that might not be as bad. But anyways, besides besides that point, I just don't understand why it was rolled. Because it looked like it was set up to, to be a pass. And so I don't know if he rolled the wrong way or what. Right. But, but then the other one that I was just surprised at how bad the play broke down was the – it turned into a field goal. It was third and 11 or something like that down around the – between the 10 and the 15-yard line. And it wound up being Jabril Peppers going to the outside to try to go for a pass. And there was nothing there. And we had taken a timeout right before that. Mm-hmm. Or Indiana did. Somebody took a timeout. So I was just surprised at the – there was nothing there. Like there was no room for Jabril to run. And there was no receiver open. And nothing with that play got set up well. So I don't know exactly if people didn't execute it correctly or Indiana was just on top of it and completely shut us down. But that was kind of unfortunate to see uh, that, I mean, that nothing came out of that. Yeah, you're right. And there's there's a couple times where I, you know, like you said, <coughs> I, I noticed that same play you're talking about where he rolled out and, you know, he was actually rolling out to where it would be really uncomfortable him to throw the ball from that angle he took, which would be is very odd. But um, there was there are a couple times where he did roll out and the pocket collapsed, you know, on the back end. He, you know, there's certain times where one one side of the defensive line collapse collapses around, and that's when you step in the pocket and throw. But he he usually backs out. But there's times where he rolled out right where you know where it comes around and he would roll out that way instead of the way that it was there was no there was still some good blocking and once he did that he was already like 10 yards behind the line of scrimmage when he do that and i'm like those are those are the things i'm talking about i'm like dude if you're gonna roll out then you roll out to the to the uh the strong side where they're blocking and why are you rolling out to where the weak side where they're already, it's already collapsed in the back of you. And he would do that. And I would just, that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. I'm going, it, it reminded me kind of like a, you know, Devin Gardner in a way where he would just 
automatically roll out and find a a comfortable way of rolling out and try to find a pass. And then he roll out and realize there's guys right there. There'd be already a defensive lineman right there. And I'm like, I never understood that. And they never take time to evaluate where the pocket's going to break down behind them. And, and, and unfortunately, O'Corn, there's times where he did well and there's times where he didn't. So, well, yeah, well, some of that too could have been a poor offensive line play. And I don't, yeah. and maybe it's just me. I, I, I obviously didn't sit there and time it out, but it seemed like he would roll out and be slow. <laughs> yeah. And so I don't know if Spade is faster or if they're just more in sync as a team with him at quarterback, mm-hmm. but it did seem that any of those rolling out plays, except for, I can think of maybe one or two where he seemed to have a decent time to throw the ball from rolling out. Uh, it just was not working. So, yeah, yeah. He, he looked like he was struggling and obviously the corn, it, it's tough to look, and I'll just say this to U of M fans, you know, they're already hoping spate comes back. And I am too, you know, obviously spate knows his team. I think he'll be, be better, Running this team, um, I think Spate, in fact, is going to be okay for the Ohio State game. I think he'll be there. But um, with O'Corn, is, um, this is a tough game to measure with him because it was such a terrible game, you know, as far as weather and things are concerned and figuring out how he is. But um, this is why a lot of times, you know, there's games where I thought O'Corn probably could have got into the game earlier and some of these games were blown out teams like Maryland and Hawaii. I thought even O'Corn probably could have played all second half during that game to give him a little bit more game time yeah. experience. And those are the times where I'm not exactly sure what's going on, but um, that might be something we're looking at so that we might need to do. But I don't see O'Corn. <clears throat> he... Um, to me, just during the game, he just looked timid. He was just overthrowing guys and not on target. And he looked like by the time the target was open, he'd throw it and they weren't open. So that's why you got your 59 yards passing. So, But uh, but there was one play I want to kind of throw by Caleb, and I'm going to see if you notice. Maybe I'm wrong. I want to make sure I get this right. But you remember when we were pinned at the, I think we're at the 10 yard line and we decided to go, this is later on in the game, like third quarter where we used uh, peppers as the wildcat. You remember that? Um, our side. I, I might. <clears throat> well, remember when we talked about on a log glass podcast where we said, you know, we use peppers in certain situations in the wildcat where <clears throat> we said, Hey, you know what? You can either pass it or dump it to your running back, or you just hold on to it and run. Well, there was a time where even the guy next to me, I didn't know who he was, is Peppers was in the Wildcat, and Peppers faked handoff, and there's nobody there. (laughs) You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Literally was in the Wildcat, slapped his hand. His running back's on his left. He literally, like, faked handoff onto his right. There's nobody there. And I went, well, what did that prove? Is... You know, nothing. Nothing. It proves nothing. Now you know you're going to run it, dude. It was so obvious. Even the guy goes, "Who is he handing off to?" I go, "Dude, I don't know. I don't know what that was about. I don't know what that was meant for." <laughs> but it didn't fool anybody. And those are the kind of things I'm talking. I'm going, "Are you a 
are you using systems here? You know, are you using, you're so used to a system of doing that, that you're just automatically doing it, even if there's not a running back there. But uh, that play was very, it didn't go anywhere, by the way. It didn't, you know, collapse too. But uh, that was another suspect play that I went, what's going on with play calling? So I'll kind of throw this at you, Caleb, is do you feel that the play calling in these past two to three games have been just questionable? I mean, have they been, it seems like they've become more conservative or um, just very, you know, I can telegraph exactly what they're going to do by the time they get up to the line of scrimmage. I know what they're going to run. Yeah, I feel like it's been very subpar. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it's just, and, you know, sometimes I get the, the thought in my head, and I, I honestly don't think it's this, but I don't know, in the past sometimes it's popped into my mind that, you know, okay, we're coming up against uh, Ohio State soon or Michigan State, so these are not the same opponents that were uh, the tough opponents that we're normally going to see, so let's draw back the playbook, let's beat them how we can uh, beat them and save some things for later. Mm-hmm. But I don't really know if it's that. I, it's very very odd and confusing it's um what is it oh man somebody said it uh, you hear it all the time and it, it's a very good way of explaining it it's not it's not I, I don't think this is it but basically it's like you're not playing to win you're playing not to lose right um but that wasn't what was said it was something better than that but that gets across the idea where it's just like come on you know that this you're you you're not playing your your team's strength you're you're switching things up for whatever unknown freaking reason mm-hmm. that you're changing things up because it's it, you've seen this team be different you've seen other play calls before where the team has been strong and it's just i know sometimes that doesn't work against different teams and each team you have to approach differently but it just seemed like it has not been the same team and i'm hoping that revolves more around the play calls than there's something actually going on with the team but uh, uh, to go back, and I know this is going to go back a little ways, um, because you uh, uh, talked there for a little while, but I did want to touch on it. You mentioned also about how you thought that O'Corn could have been in a lot of those other games a lot longer. Mm-hmm. And it's not so much even just him being in the games, but also to mention that he was in some of those games, but so many of those plays were running that <laughs> right running plays and, right. and i understand that a little bit with Rutgers, where it's just like okay just play to end the game but it's also like no you need to take advantage so you can get your backup quarterbacks ready and this is going to lead me into another part of the discussion because it, it honestly ticks me off that people talk like this where they're just like oh well that's your backup quarterback for you no it's not that that this is not how it should be, and I know that this is just uh, Harbaugh coming in and what, what the situation is now, and so it's a tough situation for him. And uh, So I'm not really – I'm blaming people saying that. I'm not blaming the coach and the team and everything like that, but that's not how it should be. It's not like, oh, that's just your backup quarterback. Do, do we need to remind you that there have been multiple times where we have taken out a team's quarterback and we yep. have gotten beat – by their backup quarterback. Best example is Ohio State. We'll go in there. We'll take out their uh, starting quarterback, and they can still put in their backup quarterback and either have a small margin uh, lead or they will come back from losing and they will beat us. Yeah. That is what 
a team at this level should be able to do. That's what backup needs to be able to do. And we do not have that kind of backup right now, or at least that's not what's proven to be. And so, yes, I know this is, this is still the beginning of things for Harbaugh and there's a lot going on, but for anybody to say, Oh, well that's just your backup. No, shove it. That's a dumb comment. That is, it was supposed to be a tight race between these two. And we've got nothing to prove otherwise that this was completely a blowout victory by spate because right. of how difficult of a performance this is. And I mean, it was a good situation for O'Corn to start at home. It was not the best weather, but he's got reliable receivers. So, I mean, you just got to put the questions out there of, you know, how, where the performance is if it was such a close race between him and Spade. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing is there was no doubt in anyone's mind that this quarterback race between those two was pretty uh, close. I mean, everybody knew that. And even Jim Harbaugh had a hard time figuring out who who's going to win the quarterback job. So, and for him to kind of come in and then even I was very excited for him, you know, even with the bad weather, I thought he would throw well. And I thought in the beginning, maybe he'd get, be a little bit cold and, you know, under, <laughs> literally cold, but, um, and shake that off and do well, but he just, he, you know, just didn't just never got better, but obviously, you know, that run really helped, but you know, he, he just struggled. But, I mean, we're talking about – this is difficult for U of M fans because we're used to seeing – this is a team that's averaging 45 points and 232 passing yards a game. I mean, we're used to that. We've you've been used to that for a long time. But then when we go and play Iowa and we don't can't muster up anything, and then we play Indiana and we can't really muster up much. I mean, obviously the running game did great, but we couldn't pass. And that's where I think – um, this game is going to get become an issue when we play Ohio State. Is if we have that kind of performance, we will not win. There's no way. Um, and then obviously, you know, if we you know, shift past O'Corn and just say, look, you know, I'll just say, keep saying this all day long, and you know, I don't know how many times I'm going to keep saying this. Is that outside run? The teams are going to keep doing that because we can't stop it. I mean, our linebackers can't get over there quick enough, and our corners can't get there to tackle very well. And, you know, again, some of our corners and safeties got, you know, can't tackle very well. And Peppers is the only one literally all over that field I saw breaking up passes and doing great. But he can't be all over that field at once. He gets blocked out, and he can't get over there. And just the linebackers struggle, and we're really going to need them to step up against Ohio state. And that's why I think a lot of people worried about Ohio state because of the very fact is our team look anemic and just our offense hasn't been able to score and we're going to have to score against Ohio state. Yeah, absolutely. And that'll be a big defensive battle going down there. Uh, So before we kind of uh, wrap things up with the game and then kind of get in and do the score breakdowns for the conference and everything, we did get a voicemail. So I do want to play that here before I forget. Hey, Blue Rose, this is Sean from Muskegon, brother for Blue on Twitter. Um, working on Saturday, as always, it seems. But, hey, I wanted to call in my uh, reaction to uh, uh, the Michigan game there with against the Hoosiers. Uh, of course, you know, smart football. Just, you know, protect the football. Don't make the big mistake. Feed the hot hand. 
with uh, Debian Smith and that and that uh, reception to Darbal or his path to Darbal. That was that was uh, that was key too, you know. Um, but just a just a big uh, gut check win for the entire team. It doesn't seem like uh, a lot of uh, Harbaugh wins with Michigan have been uh, have been a, a gut check type win. They usually win uh, uh, outright or not. And uh, so I, I, I appreciate uh, the, the gut check and, and the smart play by, uh, by uh, O'Corn. That's all I got. Go Blue. Yeah. I mean, obviously that was like you mentioned earlier was he didn't turn the ball over, and that was great, especially with this weather condition. O'Corn did a great job with that. So you got to hand it to him. Uh, usually quarterbacks, second you know, string quarterbacks come in and they usually throw or turn over the ball once or, you know, fumble at least something like that on a, on a play or an interception, but uh, he did good job, you know, and didn't turn it ball over. So yeah, get, yeah. give it to him. Yeah. And uh, we appreciate that uh, voicemail there. Uh, thanks for leaving that. And yeah, uh, quite a few things that we had kind of already mentioned too, where, I mean, it was a gut check, type win where i mean you know there's still stuff to look uh look at and evaluate moving forward when we're going to be going to columbus so uh i don't i'm not sure if i would say i'd feel better if michigan had a blowout win uh if they had a blowout win this past weekend or if it was uh close like it was so it'll just be interesting i mean we just know as always that there's still stuff to work on so no Ohio state you know obviously didn't have a blowout win either in fact they almost lost that game so yeah uh, spartan stadium so but you know we're going to ohio state's territory they're going to be amped up because one they want to be in the college football playoffs and two they want to beat us (laughs) and when you're both looking at one loss and we're both in the top i mean top five uh, that's incredible. This is this hasn't ha- this hasn't happened in a long, long time, and and this is be- going to be a heck of a game. I just think that Jim Harbaugh in this game is going to try what he can to win this game, but we'll talk about that coming up on another show. So our show coming up. So, but yeah, when we preview and everything yep. for sure. One thing that I will mention that's a correlation between this game and the next is the a little bit of a concern is that this was senior day at Michigan last home game and Michigan kind of came out flat. I mean, like we said, the defense did pretty well, but an overall reaction is it was kind of flat and it's a little bit of concern because you feel like, you know, you came off of a loss. You want to kind of come out and prove yourself, but then also, you know, it's senior night. You're, you're kind of anticipating that people are going to play with more of an intensity because it's the last time they're going to be playing at the big house. And you didn't see a lot, a lot there on the line. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I know that they played their hearts out and everything, but, you know, sometimes, especially when it's a little bit tighter of a contest, you think that there's going to be more people that rise to the occasion like Smith did and like Allen did. Um, so that's just, that's a little bit of a, you know, you know little flag kind of hanging out there. That's a little bit of concern to me. So I wanted to mention that, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah. So, I mean, uh, I'll, anything you want to mention before we kind of move over and talk about, uh, scores from the big 10 or no, but I think we covered it. Yeah. It did a pretty good job. So, uh, again, that was Michigan with the. 20 to 10 win over Indiana 
And then I will go ahead and get into if I can actually just get the Big Ten games that pulled up here and we can go through the score breakdown and tell you what else happened over the weekend. So let's see here. And like you said, Ohio State went to Michigan State and they did have a close one. Uh, Michigan State decided to go for the win. For the two. Uh, Why? Tr- Why? Why? I'm like, I'm still questioning that. Why would they do that? I'm, you know, you got to look at it and kind of compare about when Michigan played Ohio State that one year, and they went for two instead of going for the tie. Uh, uh, there's a little bit of me that supports it, a little bit of me that doesn't. I mean, it depends if you have the momentum and everything. And I didn't watch that game, so I'm not sure exactly how it fell. But final score was 17 to 16 uh, after Michigan State didn't. Uh, go for one but tried for the two-point conversion instead uh number seven wisconsin at purdue final of 49 to 20 they were able to take care of business there iowa getting a shutout on the road at illinois 28 to 0 maryland falling to 18 nebraska on the road the final there was 28 to 7 and then uh, Northwestern and Minnesota played in Minnesota, and the Gophers had the 29 to 12 win. And then Penn State played the night game at Rutgers, number eight Penn State, and another shutout in the Big Ooh, Ten as it was boy. 39 to zero. Freaking Rutgers can't even score a field goal, man. What's going on? Jeez, it's is bad. Rough. It's bad. What was it? I think I saw that in uh, the Big Ten East games or some of the Big Ten East games, what was it, like 220-some points to zero for Rutgers? Yeah. Man. They are not. They got some issues, man. That's just bad offense all around. I mean, even bad teams can score this field goal. This is, oof, boy. Well, I, I would you chalk that up as the worst loss then in the Big Ten right there? Yeah, oh, yeah. It's. Yeah. yeah I mean, that, just, nothing, man. They got nothing. Ain't got, you guys have to restart over, man. Do something. Yeah, it is just, I don't know what to tell you. I saw an article about just like how ugly it was and oh, what was it? I think their total, was it passing or rushing yards for those games? was like 150 or something like they didn't even break 200 it was just ugly stats ugly ugly yeah. stats so uh well what i will mention and this is kind of the interesting one that i'll put down as the best win mm-hmm. i will put down the best win is minnesota yep Be- taking down northwestern because here's the interesting thing and i mentioned it on twitter i don't know if you saw it craig but if something crazy happens this next weekend where Iowa beats Nebraska and Minnesota beats Wisconsin, there will be a four-way tie for the Big Ten West. Yeah. Jeez. At six, with six and, three, six and three records, you would have Iowa, Nebraska, Wisconsin, and Minnesota at the then, top. Then they do a head-to-head done. Yeah, which I'm not sure exactly because Wisconsin, I think, would get it because yeah. two of their losses came to Michigan and Ohio State, right? Uh, which are the higher uh, ranked teams that anybody played. And so then the only person in their division that they would have lost to was Minnesota. Mm-hmm. 
and I'm not sure who Minnesota exactly lost to, but yeah, it's it, it'd be. I, I it, first of all, I don't think it's going to happen that you're going to yeah. have that tie that way, but it would be. No, uh, Wisconsin's yeah. balling. They're doing really well, so they're, yeah, but yeah. Yeah, because Minnesota lost to Iowa and Nebraska in the West. So, yeah, I I think it's Wisconsin's to lose. Honestly, I haven't broken down a whole lot, so I'm not going to say that that is um, exact science right there, but we will yeah. see how that rolls out. So um, go ahead and transition here, and we will get into some clothing. Clo- clothing? Clothing. 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 My th- my slur my lisp. Uh, we will get into some closing thoughts uh, here at the end of the show. Okay. Well, I mentioned it at the beginning, and I will mention it here again. Blue Network, everything Michigan football on Facebook. Check it out if you have not. And then I will also mention that we are looking for voicemails. Uh, you can call. It'd be awesome if you called and left a voicemail before, like, 10 p.m. Tuesday night. I suppose we could still accept some phone calls uh, even Wednesday up until that evening because I could insert them later. Chances are we'll be recording Tuesday night. So uh, if we have them before we record, we can include them and talk about them and discuss them. But if we don't, maybe I can just drop them in somewhere. So, But I do want – I know I want voicemail because this is Ohio State week. This is hate week. This is rivalry week. This is for all the marbles. This is for to go to the Big Ten championship game. So we really – All you Twitter people are changing your names, and it's throwing me off, man. I don't know what – I saw that. I didn't know what you were talking about. You still don't? No. Like everybody, you know, like we know that we constantly kind of in contact with. We don't even we don't know their. We just know them by their names, like you know, Blue Brother C or whatever. And then you know them by you know Mister M and Mister Michigan and Michigan Man and people like that. That's how you know them by. But then now they're changing their names to beat. the Buckeyes, oh, stuff like that. And that's why I'm like, what? It's throwing me off. I'm, I don't even know who these people are anymore. So, yeah, no, uh, I, yeah, th- yeah. I'm getting a lot of like, who's this? If you, yeah, if I kind of know, you know, a lot of people know who we are because that image of us is obviously they know that. But some people, I have a hard time figuring out who it is. So, yeah, no, I haven't run into that yet, but I have. Uh, it's like I, Drew, man. Drew, you keep changing your. You you know if you change your name all the time and then you change your avatar or whatever your picture, I'm gonna have a hard time figuring out who's talking to me. Yeah, I I um when it's the larger accounts that have a lot of people following them and they change it like I think there was one who's just like oh who's my avatar this week I'm just kind of like man what are you what are you doing you're gonna start confusing your followers but when it's like the smaller personal accounts I, yeah. that kind of thing doesn't bother me so much but yeah. I can. I do agree. Get confusing. So, yeah. Uh, Craig has a, apparently has a problem with it. I don't yeah. so much. But. Big problem with it. Stop, or at least this week, and then go back to your your uh, your handle, your Twitter handle that I know. 
<laughs> yeah. So help help Craig out. Help he's me. he's old and he has memory exactly, problems. Exactly right, man. You know that. And I was cold, cold, old, and I have a bad bar- and I have a bum arm. So yeah. All right. Well, uh, yeah, we're running close on time here, so we will go ahead and wrap it up. We thank you guys for uh, tuning in and joining us. We hope that you had a good weekend. Hopefully you stayed warm. And uh, it's Ohio State week. Share your thoughts with us. Ohio State week, Thanksgiving week, everything week. So, yeah. Lots going on. We'll finish off with Go Blue. Go Blue.